0: But uh, <laughs> my name is Justin Womack, and I'm the worship leader here at Stafford County Christian Church. We're so glad to have you all, whether present with us or present through the Internet. We're so glad to have you. Um, if you are present with us this morning here in the building, um, if you uh, would please abstain from using our, the Wi-Fi. We've had some struggles uh, with our signal, uh, which hopefully will be getting taken care of tomorrow. So if, uh, while in the building, if you could, uh, stay off the Wi-Fi, that would be lovely. We'd much appreciate it, <laughs> but, uh, we're so glad to be, uh, with you here this morning. I'm going to say a prayer for us, and then we're going to get started. So please bow with me. Uh, dear Lord, we're just uh, so grateful for another day, Lord, uh, that we're able to come freely, uh, to worship you, Lord, to sing your praises, to receive your word. Uh, what a great honor it is, uh, to be able to do this, um, on a weekly basis, uh, just to be uh, with family, uh, friends, uh, and we come together in to fellowship, Lord, and just to to be with you, Lord. I just pray that you bless this time that we have with you, God, uh, wherever we are, Lord, that we would uh, uh, put aside uh, everyth- everything from the week and just, uh, just make this time about you, Lord. Uh, be with uh, those here, be with those who are unable to be here, God, uh, be with... Uh, Those friends and family uh, far away, Lord, in your son Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. All right. Please rise with us as you are able, and let's uh, get to worship. seem uh, dark, down, nothing good is happening, but we have a God who's mighty, we have a God who's strong, who's there to lift us up, uh, to take on that uh, distress, and to help us realize that that He is there to be with us regardless through every situation. So let's just continue in our worship this morning, realizing uh, our strength is is in Him. You are our help when things are going good You are our comforter, Lord We're just so grateful to have you in our lives God, I just pray that you bless Travis As he brings us the word this morning That we are ready to hear it, to receive it God, to truly hear The message you are trying to convey this morning As we work to continue to grow closer to you Every day, Lord just bless this time and your son Jesus precious name we pray amen you may be seated
1: good morning as you see we had to turn on the big lights um, we didn't want it to look like you know psychedelic in here so uh, we've tried to fix these lights I don't know how many times so we just killed them uh, for the rest of the morning and I knew if I came up and said hey try not to look at the lights that's all you would focus on anyways so I'm so glad that you're here. A uh, quick couple of announcements and uh, we'll dig into uh, the message. Uh, tonight for uh, MOVE, uh, they are having their movie night tonight and it is from 545 to 815. So a little difference in time tonight. Eight, or 545 to 815. It was supposed to be outside movie night. Jared will send out all the particulars of that. Um, As you came in in the rain and it's colder, you know that um, we didn't want them to stay outside. Uh, Some of them wanted to, but we went ahead and uh, Jared made that decision to go ahead and move them in. Um, Also, uh, Operation Christmas Child, boxes are due today. So if you have your boxes, hopefully still in the car, you can bring those in. Um, If not, you can still bring them in during the week, this week, but we really need to get all of those in as soon as you can. So please, um, if you have one of those boxes, make sure you get it in to us. Give us a call. Email us. Let us know that you need to stop by and bring it in. And, and, and we do have that extra week to get them in, but uh, we wanted to try to have as many here in, um, as possible today. That way, we can make sure that they get where they're supposed to be on time. And thank you. I, I believe all of the actual boxes were taken, all of the stickers were taken. And, and if you have a box, but you didn't get the boy or girl or whatever else, uh, you can make up your own form uh, uh, to, you know, boy, girl, uh, the ages that it's meant for. You can just write that on there, tape it on the box, uh, and, and that way we have that as well. Also, uh, we are continuing to uh, collect for serve um, for the food drive, and and those items have changed um, as we lead into Thanksgiving and and now into the Christmas season. So you can see that list uh, behind me. We put it on Facebook. Uh, It's in the bulletin that we're sending out. We're putting that on Facebook, emailing it out to you. So uh, make sure that you're checking for that constantly as well also next Sunday at the end of the service we are going to be having our baby dedication so I encourage you to plan on being here for that, to attend, uh, and to be a part of that uh, awesome service that, that we will have at the end of the service next week. Again, make sure you're checking your bulletins. There's a lot of other amazing things. I say that, and usually you're looking down at paper. You've got to look at your phones. Uh, but uh, hopefully um, you're receiving that. If you're not, let me know. I'll make sure uh, that you're getting that. So last week, we concluded our series uh, of Make War. Make War. Uh, And so this week uh, I decided that um, we're going to start a new uh, sermon um, and we're going to look at uh, the armor of God. So we're still talking about war. Um, So we're continuing it another week, but we're looking at the full armor of God. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 for most uh, of the message this morning. So I encourage you, if you have your Bibles, get your uh, Bible apps out. That's where we're going to be at. It will be on the screens uh, behind me as well. One day uh, down at the Veterans Hospital a, a trio of old-timers ran out of tales of their own heroic exploits and started bragging about their ancestors. One old-timer said, "My great-grandfather at the age of 13 was a drummer, was a drummer boy at Shiloh." Mine boasted another, "Went down with Custer at the Battle of Little Bighorn." "I'm the only soldier in my family," confessed the third vet. But if my great grandfather was living today, he'd be the most famous man in the world. Well, what did he do? Well, the other vets asked, well, What did he do? The old timer answered, Nothing much, but he would be 165 years old. That would be something. You know, make no mistake about it, war is war, it is a battle, it's not just some picnic. But I also read another story. I want to share that with you. Um, and maybe living in this area, you have heard of that. Uh, but there was a surprising story during the Civil War. Uh, there was some picnicker, picnickers that decided to have a picnic, but they ended up in a surprising, unusual situation. It was a sunny Sunday afternoon, July of 1861, they thought that they would go to the countryside. It would be nice, but they had an unwelcome surprise. Many rode horses to Manassas for a picnic and to witness their Union soldiers bring an end to what they thought was a small rebellion. When they arrived at the battlefield, they spread out their blankets, thinking that they could eat and cheer from a distance like people would do today at a football game or a baseball game. A reporter said the spectators were all excited and a lady with opera glasses was quite beside herself at the sound of an unusual heavy discharge saying, oh that is splendid, oh my, that is just first-rate. It wasn't long before reality rushed in and a real war broke out right in front of them. Sounds of gunfire were no longer in the distance. The sight of blood, the screams of wounded soldiers, the spectators realized that this was no picnic. Mothers grabbed up their children, husbands called for their wives, and everyone ran for their wagons and jumped on their horses. Tragically, some of the spectators were caught up in a stampede of uh, retreating Union soldiers. One spectator, a congressman from New York, was caught by Confederate soldiers and was kept as a prisoner for nearly six years months. Now you may think that people would have heard about that and said, hey, we probably shouldn't do that anymore. However, there are many other stories that this exact thing took place. It happened at Gettysburg where people actually went out to have picnics and watch the war actually take place. Now when we think about that in our spiritual lives, in our lives with with Jesus and and everything that we're going on, and we're going to look at the full armor of God, many of us are just packing for a picnic to watch the war, and we fail to realize that we're actually in the war. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil... Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as as shoes for your feet having truth and having the put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Wow. Talk about being power packed. Filled with with truth. Filled with guidance for the battle that we find ourselves in today. Paul's simple advice to us. It was just dress for spiritual war. Don't pack a picnic. Dress for the battle that is ahead. You know, there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect happening like never before. This is several months old now, so these stats may actually change, but the Barna Group, back in in May, uh, did uh, research uh, of churches in America and they had found, prior to 2020, on average, five to 10,000 churches will hold their last services in the United States of America every year. Five to 10,000 churches will hold their last service. But because of COVID, because of where we find ourselves in 2020, they're estimating that that number could double. Many churches already have held their last services. Many will continue to hold their last services as we go through the the final quarter of the year. I talked a little bit about this uh, last week, but I want to come back to it once again. Because one of the main reasons that so many churches are closing their doors, it's people leaving the church, and we're going to talk about that here in just a, a, a few minutes. But one of those reasons is financial and, and there's many churches that were able to, to, to take the PPP loans that came out. Our church was one of the beneficiaries of receiving that, that helped us to, to pay for our salaries in, in the church for a couple of months. And, and that was able to keep us afloat. And, and where we stand right now, because we received that loan that um, hopefully will be forgiven to us, but we are waiting for that to actually happen we're still running, even with that loan, we're still running a few thousand dollars behind. Which means we need you to continue to help. And if those numbers, if our financial numbers don't continue to to come back up in our giving, we are going to have to look at what will happen for our church in the coming year. Now, this isn't, oh my goodness, Travis is standing up telling us the church is going to close like all these other churches. That's not what I'm saying. Because thankfully... We have had great leaders in our church. And over the past, we've, we've had a couple of lean years, but we've also had some very fattening years that we were able to put money into the saving account. And so we are able to make it, and even if we wouldn't have received the PPP loan, we would have made it. But we stepped out in faith this last year by raising our budget by several thousand dollars, close to $50,000 from the year before. And we said, we're, we're, we're trusting that the Lord is going to take care of us and going to bring us through this. And we're still doing so. And, and, and this coming week, the elders are going to meet and the financial team has met. And, and we're looking at what are those changes that are going to have to, to take place for us as we look at 2021. And I looked over the numbers for this last month and I said, hey, we had a really good month. If you look at your bulletin on, on your phone or in your email, you're going to see um, we, we, were, we had a really good month. But we still actually came up $3,000 short of what our monthly needs, needs were. But I thought, hey, we had a really good month. And again, I, I'm not saying all this to scare you. I'm saying, hey, if you're able to continue to give and, and maybe even give a little bit more, that, that you look at tithing. And we have so many ways in which you can tithe and you can be a part uh, of the church. You, you can give in person, in cash. You can give checks. Um, you, you can give online. You can go to Realm and you can uh, sign in as a, a guest and, and give that way. You can also, um, you know, it, you can sign up for Realm and you can set up all different ways that, that you can give. And again, I say all of that to let you know that as a church, we are still healthy, but we need to be prepared as we look at what 2021 is going to bring and and how things look. But there's a big disconnect as we see all of these churches, because here's the thing, again, not all of those churches are closing because of financial matters. There are a lot of churches out there that are very unhealthy in many different ways. And as we look at Ephesians chapter 6, as we look at the armor of God, we're going to see that there is a battle happening and that we must be prepared. Listen, Christianity, your faith in Jesus Christ is not something that you just do part time. Well, I gave my time on Sunday morning and I showed up and I listened to Travis talk for an hour and we sang a couple of songs and we took communion so I'm good until next week. Christianity isn't part-time. Being in a relationship with Jesus isn't about being part-time. you got to be full-time, and you got to give it everything that you have. You need to be serving. You need to be connected. You need to be giving. And I say you need to do that. Listen, the church needs it. As a whole, we need you to be a part of this, but you need you more than anything else. You need to find a way to be connected There is a sifting of the church, I believe, right now happening in America. We have seen churches that have grown and done so many amazing things. and The problem with many of the churches, though, is they're growing a mile wide but only an inch deep. And they're not growing deeper in Christ. So when tragedy comes, when hardships come, when the cancer comes, when death comes, when the job loss happens, We say, well, Jesus wasn't there for me. Well, he was there for you in those hard times, just as he was in those times of plenty. And that's what we have to remember, that we are prepared for what could be coming our way. As we grow in our faith, we must be prepared for the battle that is in front of us. So, let me ask you, who is your enemy? Who exactly are you fighting in our day and age many Christians believe that their enemies are the folks that hold a different political system and value that they do. And so because they have a different value than what we do or I do or you do, however you do, we go, "Oh, we're at battle, we're at war with them." We're waging we're war against the Republicans. We're waging war against Trump. We're waging war against the Democrats. We're waging. No, you're not. That's not who you're at battle with. But that's what we as Americans, that's how we have to think. Well, we're at, Travis, then we're at battle with the church down the street because they're taking our members. Do you know how many people live in Stafford County? A lot, yeah, that's right. That's the best number that I heard, okay? Because I have no clue. There's a lot of estimates out there, but right on. There's a lot. Do you know how many churches there are? Not enough. Do you know how many churches are not full in Stafford County? A lot. So we don't have to be at war. We don't have to be at battle. The other church down the street is not our enemy. We need to be very careful with what we think Well, what do we do with an enemy we attack it right we wage war and we see Christians going after other folks trying to take them down we see Christians trying to tear down those that are around them and destroy their reputations but here's the thing we're not at battle with other people that are different than us in many different facets You know, there's a lot of people that are annoying to us, but they're not who we're at battle with. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Who are we at battle against? The devil. Satan. And all of his minions that fell with him. The Greek word for devil is diablos, And one of the translations for diablos is to split, to divide, the great wedge divider. That's what Satan wants to do to us. The devil divided Adam and Eve from God in the garden, and he wants to separate us from God as well. Max Lacato put it this way. He says the devil he wants to take unbelievers to hell and make life hell for believers so let me ask you when you think about the devil when you think about satan when you think about these evil forces and spirits that are out there do you just do you just file them away in your folder labeled superstition primitive religion if you think that way you're not alone Barna did another study about what people believed of Satan. 40% strongly agree that Satan is not a living being but a symbol of evil. An additional 20% said they agree somewhat with that perspective. Only a minority, listen to this one, only a minority of Christians, 35% indicated that they believe Satan is real. The remaining participants said they weren't really for sure what they believed about Satan. Let that number sink in for just a second. 35% of Christians said that they don't believe in the devil. That's scary. As long as Satan isn't taken seriously, he's free to work behind the scenes. To do his evil schemes. If we can't or, or won't diagnose the source of our conflict. Then we don't know who to fight against. So then we go back to what I talked about. We fight against the political system. We fight against the other churches. We fight against our next door neighbors. We fight against the, those that, that we really don't like. And are annoying to us. Because we don't realize and recognize who our true enemy is. The devil's heart had become proud. He didn't want to worship God, he wanted to be worshipped. He didn't want to bow before God's throne, he wanted people to bow before him. Satan had succumbed to pride, and as a result, God tossed him out of heaven. Jesus referred to this eviction this way in Luke 10, 18. We read, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You know, when lightning falls, the descent is brief and electric and crashes with a thunder. Satan was cast out of heaven, but he was also brought into our lives. The Bible tells us that Satan is deceptive and destructive, and he is active. We go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. We read there, The accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. Go to verse 12. For the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Jesus knew that Satan was real. Jesus didn't just say, oh, he's some mythological image. He's some illustrative uh, allegory. We're fighting spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now, we should be able to really understand this concept right now more than ever. Because right now we're fighting an invisible enemy right that's why we're all sitting and you see all of our chairs spread out we're sitting here in masks we're not able to all meet in person the way that we want we can't see our enemy the devil we can't see covid in front of us but we see the damage that covid does right We see the numbers increasing, and yes, I know a lot of those people are going to get better, and they're going to be fine. Yet, as we watch these numbers going up, we also watch hospitalizations going up as well. I was just told by my family back in Ohio, don't come home. It's not because they didn't want to see me, okay? Um, Maybe, I don't know. I better find that out. Um, It's because we live in one of the worst spots in the state, and it's rural. And it's in the middle of nowhere. And we don't have any major cities in Clark County, yet it's one of the worst spots. And my dad says, I want to see you guys so bad, but stay home. We don't want you going home, taking the virus back. We don't want Lizzie getting it. We don't want Wayne getting it. So please, stay home. We don't want you not being able to, to go to church for two weeks because you have to quarantine. All, all of that stuff. We see the effects, we see the damage, we see the hurt, because people that have to have funerals can't have the grieving process that they should have. That they want to have the wedding celebrations, yet that they can't have the people there traveling in the way that they should. We see all of this around us all the time. And that's exactly what Paul is telling us here. You can't see the enemy, but you better believe that he's there, because he's working He doesn't want you to believe that he's there, but trust me, he's there, and we need to remember that. So Paul says, listen, you must wear your battle. You must wear your armor. You must be ready for battle. You must wear your armor, and it must be the proper armor as well. So he had a Roman soldier that was standing in front of him, always attached to him. As he wrote this, he was probably chained 24 inches from this other soldier, or they were all around him, And so this is the armor that he gives. He says, listen, you need to have the belt of truth. Having fastened on the belt of truth. Now this belt was probably more like a sash. And what it did was it went around and it held all of the armor in place. One commentary believes that what Paul was trying to get across was this was honesty and sincerity. Truthfulness that holds up our armor together. You know, if we're faking our faith, everything else is going to fall apart. If we don't have this belt of truth, everything else is going to fall apart. Then we have the breastplate of righteousness. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, Paul says. I I love this. Paul says, I want you to put on the righteousness of who? Of God. You need to put on the righteousness of God. That means... That when we put on his righteousness, when we put on the righteousness of God, we have the salvation of Jesus Christ living us as Christians. And because we have that, God doesn't look at us and see our wretchedness, our horribleness, our our sin, our muck, our mess. What does he see? He sees the righteousness of himself in front of us. Have you ever looked at a, a, a Roman breastplate though? What do you see? If you were a men's group two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you can't say this. When you look at a Roman breastplate, what do you see? Muscles, abs, right? Like I want to wear, I want to wear Roman breastplate constantly because it shows. Ugh, I work out a lot and I can't get abs. I'm like Teresa, they're under there, I promise. And she's like, whatever. Um, no, Look at it. I mean, muscles just here in your pecs and in your stomach. I mean, it's like, yeah. That's what we have, the power of God behind us. We have the strength and the righteousness that covers us by Jesus. And also, think of it this way. You know, we, we, we really don't wear breastplates of righteousness, but how many of you are, are, are military? How many of you serve in a police force? You wear those Kevlar vests, Right? And most of the Kevlar vests, what, three-eighths inch thick? They're not really that thick, right? But they'll stop a bullet. They take care of you. They protect. Now, you may break some ribs underneath of it if you get hit, but your life's going to be saved, right? It doesn't take much when we have the armor of God on us, protecting us when we are wearing it the way that we've been called to. Then we have the shoes or the sandals of peace, we read, and as shoes for your feet, have, having put on the readiness given the gospel of peace. That's Ephesians 6.15. So as Christians, we need to take a stand for the gospel. Nothing else matters if we don't take that stand. Romans 1.16 declares, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says, I am willing to, to proclaim and to stand on the fact that Jesus lived. He was crucified, he was buried, yet he was raised and resurrected. For it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Again, something I heard a couple of weeks ago in men's group, and we have men's group coming up this coming Saturday, the 7th. We'll be here at the church at 8 a.m. I encourage you to be here, to be a part of it. We're doing a series called Man of God. And it is an awesome, awesome series. If you haven't been able to be a part of it, you can go uh, to Right Now Media. You can catch up on the first couple of, of, of things that we have watched. It is amazing, but I encourage you to be here. Be, be a godly man, that's what it's called, sorry. Be a godly man, I had it written down here. But when, when, when he talked about this, he, this last time, he talked about the, the armor of God. And one of the things that, that really spoke to me, he said, do you have peace in your life when you go to the workplace do you bring peace with you where you walk where your sandals or your shoes lead does it carry peace with you yes we need to be ready for war but where you go into the workplace do you bring peace into your home do you bring peace into your marriage do you bring peace Do you bring peace to your children, to those that are around you constantly? And man, that just sunk into me. Do you bring peace into your classroom? It's not about pointing fingers, but it's about asking for forgiveness. We need to do that. Why? Because forgiven people forgive people. If we have received the grace of Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven. And we better make sure that we are forgiving those that are around us as well. We keep going. We have the shield of faith. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Your faith in Jesus Christ is your shield. If you do not trust in Jesus, if you do not rely on him, you won't have that shield protecting you to put out those flaming darts that the devil throws at you constantly. Then we have the, the helmet of salvation. Now this helmet of salvation, it, it protects our heads. And what's in our heads? Our brains. Something that we need to make sure that we're using on a normal basis that we don't always do. We need to make sure that, that we are protecting ourselves constantly. Also, did you notice these five defensive pieces of armor? What are they protecting? The front. What's not protected? The back. Paul is telling us that we need to make sure that we are constantly moving forward in battle. And one of the other great things, you know, the the Romans, they went to battle with a lot of other countries, a lot of other nations. Yet they always came out victorious. And one of the reasons that they came out, not just because that they were superior in so many ways and they had some of the best armor, they had some of the best iron, but on top of all of that, they knew how to fight as one. So they would come together and they would interlock their shields and they would move as one. Very, very important. They didn't run away from the fight. They constantly moved Forward, They fought as a unit, and as Christians, we need to make sure that we are fighting as one. Too many times we're off trying to battle on our own. We're trying to take care of everyone else, and we're not focused on coming together as one and battling as one. We must make sure that we do that, that we come together. So, so important. One body into battle. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, the New Living Translation puts it this way. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Are we motivating one another? Are we checking in on one another? Are we caring for one another? Are we motivating, bringing one another together however we can? And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to be prepared to go into battle, constantly being prepared. And we need to encourage, we need to motivate, and we need to be together. Large group, we need to be here together. Small groups, We need to be together. Men's groups, women's groups, life groups, youth groups. We need to be together. And and listen, we have them for all ages as well. Be connected. So, we've looked at the defensive weapons. And you know, most of the time when I would read about, uh, when I would read this section of scripture, we would say, these are all defensive weapons and we have one offensive weapon. Right? Actually, there's two. I usually leave one of these out. Again, something that was pointed out to me and I read over and over and over and it really spoke to me. The first one that we find here is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You just, you got to have a sword. Not any old sword would do though, right? The Romans went to battle with iron. And the best iron that there was. When they defeated the Greeks, the Greeks were still using bronze. Soft compared to the iron that the Romans had. We can't just go in to battle with some old, worn out sword. We need to make sure that we are constantly refreshing ourselves in the word of truth that we take the Bible, that we open it. Whether it's an actual physical Bible, and I see some of you actually have your physical Bibles, which is awesome, but the great thing is, you have it on your phones as well. You have it with you on your iPads. You have it wherever you go that you can read it, that you can look at it. You you can even set up, there's different Bible apps that will actually send you a, a daily reminder not only just to read your Bible, that will send you scripture, that will send you verses to go along with it. We need to be prepared and in the Bible. Hebrews 4:12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, the power comes from the words the Spirit has infused into our Bibles. That's what we have to hold on to. We go back to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11 in the Old Testament. This is what God says. He says, So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God says, Hey, I have the word and I'm giving it out to you, and it's not going to come back empty. All you have to do is be willing to go with it. We have an amazing weapon the Bible, that we need to always be using. But then there's another one that many times, like I said, we, we just overlook. And this is one of the things that I think is overlooked in just our lives in general. Prayer. Prayer. Look at verse 18. Praying sometimes... Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Man, Paul believed this. It's why, if we keep reading, we go to verse 19, he says, And also for me, pray, pray also for me, that the words may be given to me in the opening, in opening my mouth boldly Paul says I want to make a difference wherever I go and so make sure that at all times you're praying for yourself and you're praying for all of the other saints and, and, and hey by the way and, and Satan he, he said hey I don't need anybody to pray for me I, I don't need anybody over me I can do whatever I want that's why he fell but Paul here says and also for me yeah, I'm an apostle, but I'm still a human being. Yeah, I'm one of God's people, but I still sin. And so I need you to pray for me as well, that I, when I open my mouth, I can boldly speak your words. I want you to think about it this way. In the military, there's a position called the forward observer. And I, I will tell you, when it comes to the Bible, I can talk to you guys all day long, but knowing so many of you are military, it kind of scares me when I start talking about military terms, because I'm afraid like I'm going to mess something up and I'll, no, Travis, that's wrong. Um, but the forward observer, I, I, I Googled it so it has to be right, OK? So the forward observer, basically, he calls in the location of a target for those artillery strikes. It's a powerful weapon. Basically, he goes out and he calls in the big guns think of your prayer that way think of your prayer that you, you, you're just asking for the big guns to be brought into the battle because you're bringing Jesus into the battle you're bringing God the Father into the battle you're bringing the Holy Spirit into battle for you we need to have this Paul wrote in second 2 Timothy 223 having have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, you know that they breed corals. Did you catch that? I had to read this several times. Listen, I tell you this a lot, and I'm going to tell you this again. This is one of those verses that I have to preach to myself constantly because I like to have fun on Facebook, and my sarcastic side comes out very easily, like what happened yesterday in a couple of games that we won't mention because two teams lost. But I can't stir up that controversy, right? So I didn't even say anything to, to Sean. He, mess- he, he messaged me first last night. And he said that his team wasn't playing well. And I went, I know. But there were so many things I wanted to say. But I didn't. Because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is something that I've had to work on a lot. Because we very easily, with the words that we type on Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or, or TikTok or, or whatever we're using, whatever we're putting out, the emails that we're sending out, we have to be so careful with what comes out of our mouth, what we type. Because very easily, we can start controversy, we can start quarrels that we didn't even realize that we did. And we cause other people to sin, and we cause other anger and animosity to happen, especially as we look at what's going to happen on this Tuesday. There's a lot of things that we really need to be praying about, and I'm going to urge you, please pray. I want you to, to start on Monday night. I want you to start now. But I want you to start on on Monday night, 11.59. And I want you to find times that you're going to pray. Set an alarm on your phone that you're going to wake up, that you're going to pray when you get up in the morning. And and, and before you do anything else, I want you to pray about what's going to happen on Tuesday. And then as you continue moving forward throughout the day, I want you to keep praying about what's going to happen in this election. Because there's a lot of people and a lot of controversy that's happening And we need to be prepared for what could be happening all around us. And let's go back real quick. Are we going to take peace with us? It's one of the pieces of armor that we have. Will we bring peace with us? Listen, our our goal is not to win the argument. Our goal is to win souls for Jesus Christ. That's what we have to focus on. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, whether you're you know, a Michigander or a Buckeye, whether you're from Penn State, whether you're a Redskins fan that aren't Redskins anymore, whether you're watching sports or you're not watching sports. What, there's so much going on. COVID. Yeah, there's so many sides to COVID as well. It's not about winning the battle, the war, the argument. It's about winning souls for Jesus Christ and here's what we have to remember we've talked a little bit about satan and and how he's the evil one and, and and that he's trying to win the battles great news this is how i want to finish the wars already been won he's already been defeated I love the way that the New uh, International Version, the the NIV, renders Colossians 2.15. Paul says this, he says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, public spectacle, oh my goodness, of them, triumphing over them by the cross. On the cross, through the resurrection, Jesus stripped Satan of the victory. The Romans thought they won. The Jews thought that they won. Satan thought that he won when Jesus died on the cross. But Sunday was a coming. And that's what we have to hold on to. We need to hold on to know that the victory is already ours. Max Lucado summarized this fact this way. He says, evil will have its day and appear to have this way. But God will have his say and ultimately win the day. Satan is vicious, but he will not be victorious unless we allow him into our lives. So let's constantly be at battle. The Bible offers us many promises that give us victory over the enemy. I just want to share one with you. John chapter one, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. God is greater and he is in us. And we have to hold on to that. I love the Old Testament story of Elijah. We, we, we see him battling the spiritual forces. The king of Armon uh, was angry with Elisha and, and sent a massive army with, with horses and chariots to surround the city where the prophet was staying. And so the next morning, Elijah is sitting there drinking his coffee. And one of his servants comes running up. Elijah, Elijah, Elijah! Oh my goodness! You wait until you see what's about to happen. That There's is, there is a huge army and they have chariots and they have horses and they have, they have hundreds and thousands of men. and We're going to die! I love this. <laughs> Elijah says, 2 Kings 6.16 6, don't be afraid. For those who are with us outnumber those who are around them. What are you talking about, Willis? Some of you young ones have no clue. What are you talking about, Willis? What are you t- Elijah, what are you talking about? We don't have anybody. I love this. I, uh, uh, verse 17 Lord, please open his eyes. And let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. God miraculously intervened and delivered Elijah. You see, when we are on God's side, we are never outnumbered and we are never overpowered. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 10, this is what we read God is faithful. He will not let you be temp- tempted beyond what you can bear. So, Satan's powers are limited toward us. He cannot overpower us. He's going to try. But with the help of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and God the Father, he cannot overpower us. He cannot overtake us. We're going to look around and we're going to think, oh my goodness, he's winning. He may be winning the day, but he will not win the war. Always remember that. Let's wrap this up. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 16, this is what Paul says once again. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. We can win the battle. But we can't do it on our own. We win the battle because we have the full armor of God. Our job is to resist the devil. Not relying on our own strength, but remaining close to our champion, Jesus. Always remember that. So as I bring the sermon to a close, let me suggest that we should give the devil his due. But we should never give him more attention than he deserves. Be careful when you start looking up things on the devil. I remember in college I was um, wanting to do different research and I was studying the book of Job. And I had Professor Dan Dyke and he was We were going through Job, and I remember sitting at at lunch one day uh, with him, and we were talking about all different things, and we were talking about Job, and I said, where can I find more information about the devil? And he just held up his Bible, and he says, this is the only research that you need to do because he can take you into a place that you don't want to be in. Give the devil his due but know that he is defeated. Let me end with an illustration from sports. I want you to stop and think of, of your favorite sports team and whatever it is, football, baseball, golf, tennis, whatever it is, the lacrosse, whatever you love. If you were to watch a game, and it's a big game, and you're watching that particular game you're anxious for your team right like I I could watch the game yesterday the the Texas Oklahoma State game there was no anxiousness about me whatsoever it was a good game now those that were Texas fans or Oklahoma State fans they would say it wasn't a good game you know that no it wasn't but if you're one of those fans and you're watching that game you get anxious because you really don't know the outcome of the battle. Now, let's say that you've already seen the game or you know the outcome of the game and you've DVR'd it and you start watching the game but know the outcome of the game, there's no reason to be anxious, right? So, so if, if, if you would've watched, if you were a Texas fan yesterday and you were watching that game after you knew the score that they won, you watched that game going, wow, this is a great game because I know we win in the end. Take that into your life with Jesus Christ. There's a lot of anxiousness that comes about in our battles, but we remember that we've won today. Jesus won the battle, won the war on the cross. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today can be that very day. You can accept Him. You can be forgiven and know that you have the battle won. I know there's someone here right now today. You're watching online. You're sitting here in front. And you've really been struggling in your life. There's more than one. That you've been at battle, but you feel like you're losing, and maybe you've given in. Today can be that day that you put that armor back on. That you can go into battle knowing that you can win the day. It's hard. There's going to be pain. There's going to be struggles. But forgiven people forgive people. We're able to do so because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And whenever you think, I, I can't go on, it's too much, it's too hard, it's too difficult, it's too painful, I want you to remember as we partake of communion what Jesus did for you. He went to the cross for you, the spiritual pain that He endured physical pain that he endured. He did so for you. We're going to pray and if you haven't had a chance to get your communion you can grab it off of the back tables. And then we're going to have a time where you can just partake of communion. Let's pray. Almighty Father we thank you so much for today and the ability to serve you, to love you. Lord You won that battle. And Father, I pray that all of us will wear your armor boldly, proudly, knowing that we can defeat the devil and all of his schemes, all of the principalities and and the enemy that comes our way. Father, that if we have a decision to make, that we will make that decision, that we will seek out those that we need to to talk with, to pray with, if we just need somebody to listen to us, that the elders will be in the back. And Father, as we partake of this communion, that we remember your sacrifice, what you did for us. We pray this in your son's most holy and precious name.
0: Uh, you're finishing with your communion just uh, remember what Travis said uh, the battle is won that's a great uh, that's great knowledge to have and to know uh, that no matter what uh, Satan will not win Uh, so if you haven't made those decisions whether it be for salvation uh, you have some struggle in your life make sure that you do Seek someone out, speak with them. Uh, we're all here together to help each other through life. Uh, so don't uh, think that you are on your own with it. We're, we are a family together. Uh, but as uh, we finish out this uh, morning, please rise as we continue to worship this morning. one, that nothing here on this earth can defeat you, Lord, that no matter how many times Satan comes at us with distractions, with hurt, Lord, that you will be there to lift us up, Lord. God, I just pray that we take this knowledge, that we run with it this week, God, just claim victory in your name as we continue to spread your word throughout this broken world, Lord. Just bless us as we depart, Lord, in your son Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Amen. Go and be blessed.